If you would join me, uh, please stand with me as we read from the Bible. Today, our scripture comes from Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? For as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Once again, this is from Romans chapter 10. You may be seated, please. Well, good morning. Welcome. I'm Joel. I'm the, the senior pastor here, and you get a break from me this week, but you get to hear me twice uh, this, the remaining part of this week. Uh, this is a special day, and I want to just say one thing before I, I introduce our speaker of how proud I am of you as a congregation. We put out a giving tree for our, for our kids' men ministry, and you guys, just, you guys just nailed it. You provided in ways every single one of the things that they asked for was taken care of. We don't know who did it. It's just up there, but everything. I just want to thank you guys as a congregation for rallying and providing in that way, in a very rich way. And secondly, I want to thank you as a congregation for welcoming the Hmong into your congregation. We're going to have as our speaker this morning, Bao, Bao He, and Bao is, for me, when I started working with the Hmong, uh, never did I expect to have someone like, like you, Bao, in your position. Bao is our assistant vice president uh, for Christian Missionary Alliance, working with our, our missionaries, our, excuse me, our international workers around the world, and uh, when my father-in-law and mother-in-law went to Laos in 1957, predominantly their work was among the men, never among the, the women. And to, for them, the, the missionaries, almost all of them now have passed away and gone into glory. But for them to see that today a, a Hmong and a woman would be in this position would be only something that God could do. Beck and I had the opportunity to meet Bao and Jing Su, her husband, when we were in, when we were in uh, Hong Kong. We were invited to China Field Forum, and we met this couple, and we had supper with them. Little did we know that we would be invited to become their pastoral care couple. And so we talked many, many times over the telephone, and one day I, I, when I was talking about coming to here, I knew that she was from Wisconsin. And so I said, Bao, where did you live in Wisconsin? And she goes, well, I, I grew up in a, a small town. And I said, it's okay. What was a small town? I said, <clears throat> I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin, too. And she said, well, when we first came, we came to Watertown. And I said, no way. And I said, that's where I was from. And I said, what year did you come? And she said, 1979. I remember my father coming back from the grocery store and saying that there was this little Asian lady being led along by somebody else through the grocery store, through the Piggly Wiggly grocery store, being shown what the different food was there. That was probably you, see, when, when, I, was, uh, when I was just a young man. 
But to think that we lived in the same town at the same time, she was quite a bit younger, and then we would meet all these years later at China Field Forum and just really become friends with Jing Su and Bao. That, that's been a privilege, and we're going to hear from her in a minute. But the second thing I want to thank you for is when this church was south side, you welcomed the Hmong in. And because you welcomed the Hmong in, Bao is here today. And we're going to see part of her story in a video first. And when the story is done, then Bao, I want to welcome you up here too to speak to us this morning. So if we could see that video first. Greetings, church. I'm so glad to be here this morning with you. My message today is on God's heart. Ephesians 5.23, the Apostle Paul said, Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Colossians 1.18, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. So if Christ is the head of the body, the church, then he is the brain of the body. If we are the body of Christ, then we are to be the heart of Christ. The brain is the most important organ in the human body. It controls and coordinates actions and reactions, allows us to think and feel, and enables us to have memories and feelings, all the things that make us human. In the Newsweek uh, magazine, dated 10-31-22, there was an article titled, How Long Could You Survive Without a Head? It stated, I can guarantee you that no human, no matter how you did it, scientists, all the technologies, would be surviving for 18 months after the brain was cut off. It's impossible. The second most important organ in the body is the heart. But it is the brain that controls the heart. Does God control this church as his body? Is this church, are you, his heart? Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The people of the world are God's treasure. John 3, 16, For God so loved, the world, that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. One of my favorite songs has these words. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son. To make a wretch his treasure. Is God our treasure, your treasure? If yes, then we should love the world like he loves the people of the world too. 
In 2009, uh, our team in China sent my husband and I to an area called the left side of the river to work on a water project with the hope of sharing Jesus Christ with them. The left side of the river has many villages, but no known Christian or church. Unlike the right side of the river, which has many Christians and churches. While we served on the left side of the river, we noticed that the people were very distant from us. No one invited us into their home. We were only allowed or invited into the village chief's home. So we went to the right side of the river to ask the Christians there to share with us the history, the story of those living on the left side of the river. They said to us, had you come to ask us first before you went to the left side of the river, we would have told you not to go there. Don't waste your time because that place is cursed. Those people would never accept Jesus Christ. It is impossible to lead anyone to Christ, let alone plant a church. We've tried for years, so we know from experience. After talking to them, we also met with a few foreigners, missionaries, and they too said the same thing, that they have gone there for years, tried to reach people for Christ, and no one would accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So we thought, wow, this is truly hard. The local on the right side of the river said, finish your project and leave. Don't waste any more time. So we thought, okay, if that's the case, we'll just wait out six you know, months to a year. Whenever our project's done, we can leave this place. But we thought, you know, let's pray about it. Let's ask God to make a way and see. Well, six months later, the water project was completed, but we've not made one good connection with one person, with any person. So we thought, well, we will make one last trip to this place because this place is very far from where we live. It's an eight-hour drive through dangerous road to get to this place in the village, in the mountains. We will go there one last time to conclude, say goodbye to the village chief and never to return. As we were getting ready to leave, we met an elderly lady. She was desperate for help and she heard that she and I, we share the same last name. So it gave her courage to come up to me, hoping that I will have compassion on her. She told me she has a granddaughter named Guo who has an ear infection that um, has lasted for three years. And no matter what her father did to help her, took her to the shamans, took her to the hospital, even had surgery, the infection came back. This lady feared that her granddaughter would die. We told this lady, we're not medical people, we don't know what to do, but if your son will bring your granddaughter to our city, we will Take her to see the doctor. Hopefully the doctors in the big city will be able to help her. So a month later, Go and her father arrived in a city. We took Go to, to several doctors to two hospitals, in two hospitals. And these doctors all said Go needed surgery immediately because the infection in her ear is about to enter her brain. And when it does, she will develop meningitis 
have complications and die. However, we will need to find a surgeon that is skilled enough to do the surgery because the infection in her left ear has already penetrated the side of her face where there are open sores. So the doctor will have to cut the skin on her left side of her face. And if the doctor is not skilled enough, he could cut her nerve and she will lose function of the left side of her face. When we heard that, we were devastated and fearful for Gore and her life. Gore just started crying. She knew what was going on because she was 14 years old then. We got home and we prayed. The next day I took Gore to the biggest hospital in our city, the military hospital, known to have some of the best surgeons. At this hospital, I was able to track down a surgeon that said he can help Gore. However, this is what he said to me. In our country, we pay upfront. It will cost about $3,000 for this surgery. If you have $3,000, we will do the surgery. I can do the surgery. When I heard that, I was devastated because I didn't have $3,000. And I know for sure Gore, her father, didn't have $3,000. You see, to be a missionary with the CMA, we have to be debt-free in order to go. So this was uh, the beginning of our, our second term. For us to go, we had to pay off all our debt. My husband and I, we owe 75000 in student loan. And so we sold a home, took on two jobs, and we liquidated all of our savings just to go overseas. Um, at this time, we didn't have any saving. And it was at the beginning of our ministry, so we didn't have any work special fund, any ministry fund either. And so what will we do? Well, go and her father, they're the poorest family in the village. Because Go has been sick, her mother has been sick, every penny that Go's father earned went into medical care. When Go and her father arrived in the city, Go's father wear a pair of sandals that was not even the same size or the same color. One was pink, one was green. And all they had was the clothes on their back. So we had to take them to go and shop for clothing and shoes. Go's dad said to us, it's okay, we'll just go home because this is too much money. We cannot expect you to pay this, and there's no way we could pay this. Well, we told Gore and her father, let's think about this. Let's go home and pray about it and see what God um, has to say, what God will provide for us. When we got home, I became restless, so I went to visit a co-worker and his wife. I shared my situation with them, and this co-worker said, well, for this reason that you're explaining to us, we don't do medical project in China. It's just too expensive. Uh, so your best choice is to send Gore and her father home. When I heard that, my heart ached because I just could not imagine letting Gore die. So I left this uh, co-worker and his wife. I couldn't go home without a solution. I started walking on the streets of Kuming, China, and praying to the Lord, asking for help. As I was praying, I remember my sister-in-law said, um, that year we will receive about $3,000 in tax refund. So 
I became excited and I prayed to the Lord. Lord, when I get home, if I check online and indeed we've received this $3,000, I will give it to help Gore with the surgery. All I ask is that you heal her spiritually and physically. I got home, checked my bank online, and indeed we received the $3,000. So I said to my husband, could we give this money to help Gore? He said, sure. But remember, uh, you had a plan for that money. Yes, I did. Prior to even receiving this money, I told my husband that when we receive this $3,000, we will use this money to buy a plane ticket back to Sheboygan to attend my sister's wedding. That summer, my sister was planning to get married. I have only one sister, and I promised her I would attend her wedding. And I told my parents that we will be home that summer for her wedding. Everyone was expecting that. And so I told my husband, it's okay. My family will understand. So the next day, we took the money um, and go and admitted her to the hospital. Um, that evening, we were with Gore's dad. And we said to him, you've lived with us for several weeks now. You've heard the gospel. You've seen the Jesus film. We wonder, are you interested in receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He said, yes, but I can't because in our culture, we have to get permission for our family. So I need to get permission from them first. Otherwise, they will be very upset at me. So we said, we understand. And then we asked him, we want to know in the ancestor worship, in the animist religion, what are your hope? He thought about it. And he said, you know what? There is no hope. Only fear in life and more fear in death. And as if something clicked in his brain, in his heart, he said, you know what? I want to receive Jesus Christ right now. Would you lead me to receive Jesus Christ? So we did. The next day, before Gore's surgery, I said to Gore, I don't know why you've had this illness for this long. If Satan's the one that's doing this to you, the illness will come back even after the surgery. Your only hope is in Jesus Christ as your savior, your protector. I wonder, are you interested? Do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? She looked me straight in the eye and said yes. She was so sure, more than her dad. So I led her to receive Jesus Christ. While Gore was in surgery, it hit me that we just led the first two people to Christ from the left side of the river. What happened? What took place? As I thought about it and processed it some more, I learned this for the first time ever, that God doesn't just want us to go into a community, into the world, to share about him. He wants to love them like he loves them. Amen. It is when we give it our all, when we become the heart of God, that's when the miracle of new life will happen. My heart became God's heart. That's what happened. For God so loved the world that he gave what? His only son. 
After Guo was discharged, we took Guo um, and her dad home on this long eight-hour drive um, up and down the mountains. We had a chance to talk to Guo's mom on the phone. She was so excited, couldn't wait to meet us for the first time. She said she'd prepare a special meal for us. We were excited, looking forward to it. But one hour before us reaching Guo's home, Guo's mom died. Her appendix burst and she died. It was so sad because Guo's mom never had the opportunity to hear about Jesus Christ. And she will, she is forever lost. And for this reason, we have to send and take the gospel of Jesus Christ with urgency. Because Gua and her father became Christians, we kept going to the left side of the river. After six years, we led 17 people to Christ. In 2015, we met a young family, the Lee family, who were homeless. They have two little girls. One was just born. We shared Christ with them. And they saw a spark of hope, so they received Jesus Christ. After they received Jesus Christ, I kept praying for them, asking God to make a way for them because they were homeless. They didn't have any place. And as I was praying for them, um, one day I heard a voice that said, you share the love of Jesus Christ. Can you demonstrate it? I knew what he was asking. Can I demonstrate my own love toward this family? Not use ministry money or any other people's person's money, but my own. And so I went into my bank account and I looked, opened it up, and saw that by this time, my husband and I saved $5,000. So I asked my husband if we could give this money to help this um, family to help them buy a small lot of land, big enough just to build a small home on it. He said, sure. So before we give this money to them, I prayed to the Lord. Lord, this money we give to you. Would you help this young family buy a lot of land and help them eventually build a house? And on this land, would you plant your church, Lord? That was my prayer. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his own love to us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Six months later, this young couple were able to buy a small lot of land. Six months later, they gathered enough funds to build a simple home. And exactly one year from the time that we gave them the money, a small church was planted on this land the impossible became possible. How? My heart, my husband's heart, our heart, became God's heart for the world. Soon after this time, we went to invite some Christians from the right side of the river to come and support and encourage this church. When we met with them, they said, we told you it was impossible. You didn't listen to us. Are you joking? What, what are you trying to do here? 
And we said, no, our church is truly planted on the left side of the river. Please come this Sunday. So on Sunday, a few of them came just to check us out and see if we're telling the truth. They arrived, and indeed, there was a small church established. These new believers sing praise and worship songs, hymns, reading from the Bible, praying to the Lord. After service, these believers on the right side of the river said to these new believers, we're so sorry. We're so sorry that we didn't think it was possible. We already crossed you out. We already given up on you. But now we see that with God, nothing is impossible. Please forgive us. How many of us have crossed out other people in our life because we thought it was impossible? In July 2020, this young family, the husband's name is Fu, he graduated from a three-year Bible college, received a certificate from the government to lead his church and be a witness to others. In July 2021, we trained this young couple, because they have no land, in business as mission, so that they could establish a small business and help them establish a small business in their town so that they, became, they could become bivocational. But more importantly, so that they will have more influence to share Jesus Christ with others daily. When I saw all of this happening in front of me, I didn't get it. Because while we were serving, we were leading people to Christ on the left side of the river, I thought maybe God will use this family's son or this family's daughter. They look like a prominent family, a good family. But God took a homeless family, a homeless guy who has no one to love him. God chose him to lead his church on the left side of the river. God can use anyone. I was a refugee coming to America. Our family didn't have anything, but God used me. He could use any one of you. You see, God's salvation plan was in place since Genesis after the fall of men and women. And it is still in operation now. It is his plan, so it is he that will finish it. I believe God's just waiting for us to be his heart, to love the lost, the world, like he loves them. Then this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Matthew 24, 14. God can make this happen in an instant. When our hearts, our body, the church, is aligned with Jesus Christ, who is the head. He can make the impossible possible. I don't know how you feel, but when I look up the, up the statistics on Joshua Project and see that there's still so many unreached people group, and who knows of other people groups that the Joshua Project don't even know about, have not been detected, I feel like this task is so big, it's impossible to do. But God is showing me and many leaders that it's not us that will do it. He will do it. We just get to get our hearts 
align with Jesus Christ, be his heart, and he will do the impossible. And you know, we know it will happen. The end will come because Revelation 7, 9 reveals to us saying, after these things, I looked and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation and all the tribes, people, language, standing before the crown and before the lamb, clothed in white robe and palm branches were in their hands. It will happen. The question is when? I believe the church plays a part in this timing. Christ gave the most for us as sinners on the cross. The Father gave us the most on Calvary. When God gave his only son to die on the cross, it hurts. When Jesus suffered on the cross, it hurts. Are we willing to give the most to where it hurts? By giving of ourselves to go. Giving of our resources to send giving of our children to serve. Are we God's heart? Is this church God's heart? Next, I want to show you a video that my husband and I put together in 2015. So I didn't have time to do an update video. I want you to see because your church invested in my life. Your church gave to the Great Commission Fund. Other people have a chance to hear because your church has represented God's heart, is God's heart. I want you to have a glimpse of what uh, took place in China. Okay, could you put on the video? Last year, I was called by the national office, Tim Crouch, VP of AM, Alliance Mission, to take on the role as Assistant Vice President for Alliance Mission. We returned to the U.S., and on May 5th, I stepped into this role. My husband and I, we served 18 years in China. It was very hard to leave China, to leave people who have became our family for 18 years. But we learned that's not what we do. But is by following Jesus Christ wherever he leads. In our 18 years, we planted seven churches among five different male ethnic groups that speaks four different dialects, led over 350 people to Christ, a place where people said it was impossible. It was very hard to reach anyone for Christ, let alone share the gospel. We are so thankful that God has allowed us this opportunity to serve him. We created a script for and translated the Mosul male Bible, trained 10 individuals in TE, and supported five individuals that graduated from a government Bible school and four more students that are currently attending Bible school now, plus trained three families in BAM, Business Mission, and helped them have a business to support their ministry. As AVP for Alliance Mission, my, I wear two hats. One of my hats is to oversee uh, three of the regions, three of the five regions for our missionaries. Latin America, Asia Pacific, and uh, Middle East Central Asia. Another um, 
job responsibility is to oversee Alliance Mission's uh, finances, budgets, uh, for our 700 plus IWs, along with other responsibilities. Every team that I've visited, and I've been to so far 11 countries, every team, every field I've visited, the IW said to me, we need more workers. We are stretched. We can't do any more. So I ask you, church, is there anyone here in this church that's willing to go? We need workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Will someone from this church go? Let us pray. Thank you. Dear Holy Father, thank you that you love the world and you gave your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. Thank you that you saved us and adopted us into your family. We want to be like you, our Heavenly Father. Help our hearts become your hearts so we can love the lost like you love them. Help us complete Jesus' great commission because only you can do it. We desire to see you and be with you in heaven. We want nothing more. Lord, would you use this church, bless this church, to send and go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, bless, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus Christ had commanded us. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Oh, yes. I would invite the elders to come up now, and if their wives are here with them. And then, uh, Pastor, this is not being recorded, so if you would come up as well, Pastor Chen. pray together. God, thank you. Thank you that you love us so much. You sent your son to die for us. You brought us into this wonderful big family. God, we know that you created Bao. You allow her to continue to serve you. We know that she's been through a journey with you. Thank you that she started as a refugee here, and now you are taking her all around the world. God, as you have called her, as you are calling her, as you are leading her, we pray for her and her husband's ministry. Continue to sustain them and be with them. But at the same time, Lord, I pray for us here. Mm -hmm. There's anybody here that you are calling Make it clear to them today, Lord. Call them into places where we've never been. People who need you, may our feet walk those places. So we thank you for those who are called. We thank you for Bao and her, her willingness to, to lead and to take care of many IWs in this world. Thank you, Lord, for today. And may this church, may our church here continue to love you,
to love others in this neighborhood all around the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Bao. Thank you very, very much. And I just pray that as your hearts heard the word today, and that if you are somebody who the Lord has, has touched your heart to say, yeah, sign me up. I, I want to I be part of what God is doing around the world. I want you to come talk with me. I'm here throughout the week, but come talk to me today as well. And people like Bao are able to go and do what they did through your giving. You guys had a part in their early life, but you've also had a part in their later life as they served on the field through what we call our Great Commission Fund offering. And that's over and above our tithe. And I would encourage you that if you don't know about that as well, talk to me, because that's how, how we provide for our missionaries. You see what God can do with just a little. And I just pray that our hearts, that God would have the treasure of our hearts. Amen? Amen. Look forward to seeing you this week on Good Friday and on Easter as well. May the Lord bless you, and may you have an amazing week. Amen. Have a great week. We'll see you again.